Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan. Susan, how are you? I'm I'm great, David. How are you? Doing pretty good. Ready to get back in the the swing of things? I've been kind of off the Miami beat the last uh, couple days, so... Busy, but uh, been following everything you've been writing, obviously. And I, I wanted to start today with the scrimmage, um, which is, I know we, you didn't get to see it. No one got to see it, or no one not involved with the team got to see it. But um, still probably the biggest moment of the preseason so far. And we were talking actually yesterday uh, as we were kind of playing this out. And as you put it, they actually got to play a football game, which like, you know, it's not a real football game, but, um, you know, more than we might might have thought was was possible just you know whatever a couple of weeks ago a couple of months ago yeah yeah uh, it was, there was football it's yeah. so hard to believe i know um so I, I think the biggest takeaway from what i could tell uh, again watching kind of from afar was uh, i don't have the exact main ideas quote in front of me but i have in giant scare quotes uh the best offensive scrimmage since 2016 um you know, like we said, yep. no no one actually got to see it. We don't really know what happened. We know some of the stats. We know um, who Manny was, was happy with, who, who he was pleased with, or at least who he says he was pleased with. Um, yeah. And I think we know that, you know, this offense was obviously, you know, we expected it to basically be their best offense since 2016. Um, I don't know, how much do you buy into just that sort of hype that has that bubbled up around, uh, you know, what Manny has said and, and some of the numbers we've seen? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I I do buy in that this this offense uh, did well in that scrimmage. Of course, you know, we didn't hear about the the anything that they didn't do well, right? <laughs> um, at all, so honestly. So I'm not. I I do buy in that um, they're very fortunate to have De'Ara King, even though I haven't really seen him play other than a couple spring practices. Um, and I, you know, and I think Rhett Lashley is the real deal, and it's a great thing that they've switched. But they haven't had much time to, to you know, I mean, they've only had four spring and then whatever a week and right. more um, to to get, to get used to this offense. But I, I, I mean, this is very encouraging, you know, uh, sign that he threw for four touchdowns and supposedly it has a good arm the the flip side is the defense um you know manny tell us that um there there were several u.n players notably on the defensive line who missed the scrimmage and you know they included the temple grad transfer defensive end quincy roche who's like the fifth year senior and really good he's going to be one of the starters he missed it with some kind of bump and bruise bump and bruise he didn't tell us what, but when coaches say bumps and bruises, it could be anything from a real bump or a bruise to something much worse. I, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, really. Um, and then the, the other, um, uh, John Ford, a really good defensive tackle, he missed the scrimmage. Nesta Silvera, excuse me, John, yes, Nesta Silvera. Was limited, good, yeah. Yeah, just had a couple snaps. Jalar Holly didn't play. So and and also safety. Amari Carter didn't play. Brevin Jordan didn't play. Of course, he's on offense, tight right. end. But um, so I guess what I'm saying is I don't I don't know what 
you know, if the offense, who, who were they playing against on defense? Right, yeah, that's the sneaky thing they do is they give us all the, the Derek King stats and, you know, the freshman running backs put up really good numbers and, you know, but, you know Xavier Restrepo had a big game. And then we find out, what, uh, two days later that, like, half the defense wasn't on the field. I mean, you, I mean, first of all, you already had no idea. Maybe they were going against the twos when they put up those big numbers. Um, but, you know, we, re- we really know they were, they were shorthanded on that side of the ball. Um, but I mean, again, like, like you said at the top, like we know what Lashley can do. We know what Derek King can do. And, and, um, you know, we expected this offense to be a lot better. Um, so, you know, just the, the tangible results is a weird word to say about a scrimmage, but, but the, you know, that they actually did it in a live game situation. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, that reminder of like, oh, this is real. Like Miami has these guys on offense that, that should, make this a much more fun team to watch than it's been the last couple of years. Exactly. And the spread is going to help. And, um, and I, I, I think we all, Manny has said this like a million times and I have to respect that, that, you know, fundamentally and all their, um, like, you know, how, how good they were as far as no, no penalties, no, you know, um, as far as, you know, setting up and things like that, they did really, really well. And I think all of that is, uh, uh, you can thank, um, you know, the offensive coordinator. You can thank Rhett Lashley for that. He's done a terrific yeah. job. I, the, the, the offense, excuse me, is easier um, to understand. Uh, Manny, by the way, and I, I didn't write this. I probably should have. Um, Manny did mention that there were some penalties where guys got angry. I think he said towards the end of the scrimmage or mm-hmm. in some parts of the scrimmage. And I don't know if they like physically, if they hit the other guys or yeah, pushed pushing or maybe did yeah. something because they were out of anger, um, emotional kind of things and that they were going to be punished because you, you that, as you know, David, in the past, that's happened too much where yep. that negates a play. Yeah. So, you know, they've got to teach them that. And I think, Hopefully they will. Yeah, I'm just a little wary, and I'm you're I'm sure going to agree with everything I say here. I'm wary of, of getting too excited about any pra- practice we won't see because Manny's a salesman. Yeah, how many times last year did we hear? Oh, Wednesday was their best practice of the year, and then they played their worst game of the season. Like, yeah, he's a salesman, but he's got a, a good product to sell right now. I think is the uh, difference. Yeah, perfectly, very well said. Um, yeah, I mean, do you? Some of the some of the guys, you know, that we were wondering about, like Jalen Phillips, um, mm-hmm. apparently had a great scrimmage. Yeah, well, I mean, or, I think didn't Gregory Rousseau a couple of years ago, like maybe it was been his freshman year, had like a huge spring game or a huge scrimmage, and it was like, um, you know, we obviously it took him a little longer to get healthy, but but sometimes these guys do pop up, um, you know, you don't expect to maybe put up like big numbers or, or maybe you have high expectations for, but haven't seen produce. Um, and it can be a sign of things to come. And actually, that's why some of the numbers that, that excited me most were not necessarily seeing what De'Ara King did because I expected him to put up big numbers in a scrimmage environment, but seeing uh-huh. the freshman running back with Jalen Knighton, I think, ran for uh, over 100 yards. And, and Don Chaney had a big game. And I think Xavier Restrepo had a, a 75-yard touchdown run. Like, seeing some of those freshmen that, that I was pretty excited about from watching them in high school, um, seeing them produce – in a, even in a scrimmage environment, you know, against college level athletes, that that's some of the most encouraging stuff um, to me. Yeah. I think. Agree. 
definitely agree. And uh, and that apparently, I mean, Manny's super high also on the other side of the ball on the, on the yeah. um, linebackers, the young linebackers. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Before we pivot over to linebackers, yeah. was there anything else from the offensive side that any numbers that you remember seeing that, that kind of popped out to you that, that kind of got you excited or, or interested? Well, well, um, I mean, Will Mallory. Oh yeah. Did well, that's a good one. Um, you know, he did very well. And, um, uh, but, but I, I've always, I always thought he was good, you know. Yeah, he and, is kind of like the forgotten man, and I think a lot of times on offense, just because of just because of Brevin and you know the fact that Brevin right. is kind of viewed as a potential first round pick. You know, Will Mallory can be a first round pick too. If you know if he if Brevin goes pro this year, and Mallory stays, and he Mallory could have a monster senior year. Um, like exactly. So yeah. yeah, he had four catches for seventy one yards and a touchdown and. Um, you know, and Manny has, is definitely playing him up mm-hmm. as a, he said he's been, a, and I believe it, he said he's had a fantastic August and, yeah. and he's good, you know, um, uh, who else would I say? I, oh, yes. On offense, the other thing we should mention is the backup quarterback. Oh, right. Um, very interesting that they did not, even though Rhett Lashley said that was going to be a big thing in the scrimmage to to see as, as a first step to see who's the backup, but you get the feeling. I mean, Manny didn't even talk about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think he was asked about them maybe on QAM later in the week, and he said something like, uh, if, "If it was that he talked about um, that that Tyler Van Dyke, who's the true freshman, yeah, uh, kind of t- t- took a little bit." you know, to get adjusted, and then he started getting a little better as time went on. But, uh, you know, you get the feeling, my gut is that, that I mean, it's got to be between Nicosi and Martel. And if I yeah, had definitely. to, I would say Nicosi, but I I don't know how they actually did in the scrimmage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, no offense to the state of Connecticut, but he played high school football in Connecticut. Like, it's just, it's not, you know, obviously no high school football is the same level of college football, but you see, you know, you see the guys who played in, in Florida, like Cheney and Knighton and, and Restrepo, kind of being the three biggest name freshmen who came in and had really good scrimmages. Um, quarterback, first of all, obviously, is just harder as a, as a true freshman to make that transition. And Van Dyke just did not face that level of competition either in high school that, that some of these other kids faced. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's young. He's brand new. Yeah. I, don't, I, I didn't expect I, him to be the backup. Junior. He yeah. started several games in his career. He's been under a lot of pressure, um, and he's you know he's pretty good. Yeah, and he's a really so good I, fit I, for this offense. So, I mean, yeah. we I think we talked about this like a long time ago now, but the idea that you know Perry could come back next year and be a redshirt senior and be the starting quarterback for this team. Um, and you know that's obviously like low on the list of priorities for Miami to figure out this season. Um, you know, they, Manny needs to win now, but if they can like, if they can get Perry ready to be like a, a legitimate starting quarterback in this offense, um, for the 2021 season through, you know, just throughout this year with him being on the bench, learning behind King, um, who's definitely like the best quarterback he's had to be like kind of a mentor. Um, then that'll really ease Miami's transition going forward. But obviously, oh, like yeah. like I said, it doesn't matter ultimately to this season. But but it's important to the long term health of the program and sustaining success. 
Um, you want to go over to the defense? You mentioned the linebackers. Um, Mm -hmm. That was probably the most interesting thing on the defensive side to me. You mentioned Jalen Phillips putting up some good numbers. That was obviously, like, good to see. Um, But the linebackers, just seeing Bradley Jennings and Wayne Mansteed playing in the scrimmage um, after all the injuries they have been through was, was, you know, pretty cool to see. Um, And that that young group of linebackers there uh, seems to have Manny Diaz excited, too. And he's a linebackers guy, so... Um, you know, some, you, you never know how, like you, he's obviously an expert there, but he also could, probably tends to get excited by those guys. Um, what, what did you think of that group from what you had heard? Um, what were just kind of some of your biggest takeaways? Well, interesting that Zach McLeod, who we all, you know, who, uh, stopped last year after the third game until one game later, who was a senior last year, made sure he got his red shirt. So, mm-hmm. He's able to come back this year, right? So yep. he was he had played with Pinkney and Shaq Quarterman. It was those three, and now he's kind of the lone veteran, real veteran. Yeah. Um, and he he had been practicing in middle, mm-hmm. which really is not his position, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, we hear we were all kind of surprised that he was moved to, and I I think uh, I think I don't know if Blake Baker told us that earlier, but he was practicing. He moved to the weak side, yep. and Bradley Jennings, who was had a bad injury, I guess, came back, and he's doing really well, according to Manny Diaz, and is playing. Bradley Jennings is now in the middle, yep. as Sam Brooks, and it seems like um, Zach is moved to weak side, um, and they're they seem really happy there, and especially because of the young, the these young guys. Um, the freshman Corey Flagg and, and Tyreek Austin Cave. Yep. Benny Diaz kept saying that they actually smack you, that they hit super hard, and um, that they had the sidelines really pumped up and energized. I, I could imagine everybody screaming, and I know how they get. Yeah. So he's Manny Diaz saying that linebacker rotation is very competitive, and it's, he thinks it's going to continue to evolve. So. Um, that's the first. This is the first year we've had a real competition at linebacker in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I expected. I mean, the the Jennings Steed health was obviously like a big X, X factor, but I mean, Bradley Jennings was theoretically like, you know, this is like two or three years ago now. He was like theoretically positioned as the successor to Shaq McLeod as the middle linebacker. Like he was supposed to be the next, you know, potentially the next guy there. Obviously, injuries derailed him. So if he can be healthy right. and be their starting middle linebacker, that's probably the most natural fit, as you mentioned. Him, he's a natural middle guy, um, and it lets Zach go to his natural position uh, on the weak side. Um, Sam Brooks, I mean, I, I probably I think we probably both considered him probably the favorite going into camp. Another guy they like in the middle. Um, so I, I think either one makes it a good fit for Zach on the weak side, but I think he is a guy who one of his biggest strengths is probably his versatility. I mean, he, remember he was listed as a striker at one point. Um, he can, you know, he can play the middle. He's got that tool set, I think. And, and then, you know, if like Wayne Minsteed or Avery Huff won in the starting job, those guys are more natural outside guys. So like Zach is, um, he's not the best player on defense, you know, you probably would point to one of those defensive ends, um, but he is going to be one of their most important um, because he's so irreplaceable. Um, you know, as really the only guy with any significant experience at linebacker, and 
the fact that he could potentially play three spots on D. I mean, he's probably not going to need to play striker, but he could play three spots on defense um, and, and yep. let them just get their best 11 on the field. Yep. I, yep. And I, I think they think Bradley Jennings is, is pretty uh, disciplined also. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm more mature or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, he and I'm, Steed I'm are, I mean, it's those two are guys are, are real veteran guys who have been around the program for a long time. I think, what, both seniors or redshirt juniors, something like that. Um, yeah. And then the other, I mean, the rest are, you know, Sam Brooks has started one game and is a true soft or redshirt freshman, true sophomore. Oh my God, he led the team in the, at the yeah. And like yeah. Avery Huff has not played a game yet. And those two freshmen obviously are, are true freshmen. Like it, it was just a, it's, they, they kind of have this at a lot of positions, I think, um, where there's the kind of the veteran guys who, who maybe have kind of underachieved throughout their career, but still they're veterans. They know the system. They know, um, you know, they know how to play college football. And then these young guys who get you excited about, about the future, um, I think you can yeah. look at that at, position, they, at a lot of positions on this team. Sometimes they have to rein them in. Like I, I, I'm not sure, but Sam Brooks, I thought maybe sometimes freelanced a little, um, and, you know, because he's so like uh, excited, you know, yeah. and picked up and stuff. And I, I, I want they want everybody to be disciplined. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else on defense uh, before we uh, wrap up and move on to our uh, next topic? Well, there, I, the last thing on defense is that Gervin Hall, Manny said, had his best. Uh, oh yeah. I think scrimmage or best, and also um, Bubba Bolden back from an injury. Yep. I think ankle um, from last FSU game, I believe. But, I, but it, Bubba had surgery, and he's looking really good. I think. Yeah. He's, like Jalen, super special. Yeah, so and that, that that's important because uh, I I almost forgot to mention the, the news about Avante Williams um, being out right. for the Avante. season. Um, who yeah. was the top ranked recruit in this recruiting class for Miami? I want to say like a top fifty national guy, number one safety by some of the recruiting services. Um, mm-hmm. You know, true freshman, so it's not like they were counting on him to be the the centerpiece of the defense. But he was definitely a guy that you know theoretically would have been in contention to be in like your too deep safety uh, rotation, and he is going to miss this season with, um, I, I, don't, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but a medical situation, like a lingering medical situation that will be reevaluated in January, I think is the plan. Yeah, David, that's what makes me the most nervous. Yeah, it's the, the vagueness of the what they say, the way they phrase not, it. Yeah, it's not like he said uh, he... He's got a, he broke his ankle. Yeah. Broke his ankle or he... I don't know, whatever, okay? He needs knee surgery or something like that. I mean, to me, he presented some chronic and lingering, lingering and chronic. Those are the two words that make me very nervous, medical issues, okay? That our medical staff needs to let heal. Let him strengthen this fall. We will reevaluate him. You're right, come January. So it's kind of like we will reevaluate. It's like, uh, Yeah, I mean, it could be anything... Right. Yep. Yeah. It could be anything as serious as a heart or a neck issue to like some weird arthritis thing he has developing. I have but, like, no idea. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying it is. Okay. Because, but it makes you very nervous the way he worded that. Yeah. That's all. I, it, it makes me so I. And also, you know, I, yeah, I feel for Avante too. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a you know. Uh, I think as you wrote in your story, like he kind of shocked the recruiting world on, on signing day and 
picked Miami yeah. over Florida. You know, he is like a guy who's, you know, he's not from South Florida, but has been a Miami guy. He committed there really, when he was really young, decommitted, kind of felt that his options wound up back in Miami. Um, right. And, you know, he, like we said, this, he was the, the star of this recruiting class. Um, and it would be obviously a massive shame if, um, you know, we never get to see him suit up. Um, so we are wishing for all the best with him. Um, my hope is that, you know, they say reevaluate in January. That, that stuff, that's encouraging, I would say. Like, you mentioned all the chronic stuff, but, like, so, sometimes they just disqualify you right away. Like, if you found, like, a heart con- – like, I'm trying to th- – I'm thinking of uh, Randy Russell, who was a Carroll City kid that uh, – safety that went to Florida and got medically disqualified, like, before spring that year um, because they found, like, a heart condition. Like, it – I obviously, some sometimes you find something you're like, oh, that's it. Um, the fact that they can, they feel like they can reevaluate him um, is obviously one encouraging aspect. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Or sometimes they, they, you know, they might be whatever yeah. percent sure, but they just want to make. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like you said. I, I I hope he he gets better. Yeah. All right. Um, let's wrap up. With the news of the day, there's always news these days that is touches on Miami but is not specific to Miami. Um, the big story as we are recording now, we are recording this on um, Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday morning. You guys will probably hear this Friday morning. Um, and Susan will have a story up on this by the time you are reading this, so be sure to check out MiamiHerald.com uh, or the print edition of the Miami Herald for uh, all the way it touches on Miami. But that is the news that the NCAA, this is not officially official yet. I think it's been recommended um, yep. by the Division One Council. Um, but the recommendation is that everyone gets an extra year in the fall. Kind of the same way it worked in the spring, where everyone got that extra year, You know, no matter how many games you played, even if you'd already played 15 baseball games, you got your extra year um, because there's so much uncertainty lingering right now with football so you could play the full season you could be Derek King be a redshirt senior play your full season and come back again next year to play a sixth year um yeah you get a do-over this year doesn't count in the in the eligibility uh rules um so I mean that'd be a big deal obviously um it has a lot of ramifications all over the roster construction, you know, the way it could affect recruiting classes, roster, you know, size limits. Um, right. You know, obviously schools are going to each handle it different ways. I'm sure like, you, you know, you saw in the spring sometimes um, some schools were like, we're not going to do this. We're going to just play it out normally um, to kind of avoid some of those roster size complications. Well, no. But, yeah. but for football, um, you know, and for Miami, what, like when when you first saw that news, what were just kind of what went through your mind right away? Oh, just well, with the seniors, yeah, you know, get an extra year of eligibility, and this is whether you play or not. You could right if you opt out because of COVID. If you want to come back, you come back. It's the same thing you were this yeah. year. Um, I, you know, the, the seniors, the Eric King, um, you know, it depends. A lot of it depends on things we just have no clue now. Right. Like, will, the, will the season get done? Will, you know, they only play two games. Will they actually get a lot of the games played? Um, so a lot of it depends on that and as far as kids deciding to come back or not. Um, 
you know, a lot of the a lot of the seniors are going to be like, uh, especially at Power Five schools, if they're real talented, yeah. they're going to want to go to the draft. Okay, uh, regardless, but but if they didn't play or they were injured or whatever, now they have another chance. Yeah, uh, another year if they want. the The big question, David, with this is, um, are the, are the schools going to this Division One now? Are the schools going to to pay? Right. Um, or the scholarships. And I think in the spring, I think what happened was, I think it's up to the schools. I mean, yeah, it was I mean, in the spring. We don't know the official yeah. rule from the NCAA. We might know this by the time you guys listen to it, but as of now, we do not know what the official rule is going to be. We don't. We don't. I, right. We don't know if they're going to be obligated to pay for the scholarships, if it's up to each school. It probably, I would think, would be up to each school. Yeah, I would think it would work similarly to the spring rule. Yeah, because, the, you know, and, uh, like, I'm not sure how they would do it. And, and as far as, and they'll be, like, now they're allowed 85 total scholarships each year, but let's just make believe that UM has 10. I think they have about that nine or whatever. Yeah, 10 seniors. Okay, yep. let's say, uh, well, like right now, let's say all 10 I think they have nine or close to that, but let's say they all come decide to come back to come next year. Then, so now it's eighty-five. So it might be ninety-five they have next year plus the, um, I guess the walk-ons. So it might be I don't know, one hundred and fifteen, hundred twenty, it, mm-hmm. whatever it is over the eighty-five they're allowing it. Yeah. Uh, for this year. Yeah. Now whether they'll pay or not, that's the, again. I who can afford at UM. These kids can't afford, or I couldn't afford it. I mean, it's it's expensive. yeah, it's expensive. Another year. I mean, they could. The good thing is they can get their masters. They can whatever. But I have a feeling UM will. I have a feeling UM will pay. Um, yeah. For the scholarship. I don't, I don't know for sure. And I mean, we also just don't know the, like, you, you say all this, and we don't know what the financial situation of the school is going to look like in, uh, you know, a year from now. Just get, you know, we don't know what anything's financial situation is going to look like. We're not going to know what the NCAA is going to look like. So, like, <laughs> but I get, yeah, but I get what you're saying. You're losing million, you know, 50, yep. 80 million, whatever. They, the U.S. going to lose a lot of money. Um, we don't know if the... Soon they'll be announcing stuff about you know fans if fans are allowed and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean they're they're losing a ton, millions and millions of money. But um, so the smaller schools just can't right for that. But at UM, it's going to hurt badly, um, very badly. And they can better hope that it's, it's this is just for this year or this whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. And I don't think David. The other thing is the recruits. You know, you know, they're allowed 25 new scholarships a year in the 85. There's no way in the world UM's going to let any of them go. But right, they're going to they're going to pay for those guys. So, don't you agree? Or yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I, and the I mean, yeah, and the challenge is obviously like you know, Mike Harley could say right now, um, you know, just picking a name out of a hat as a guy who's not really kind of viewed as like a an NFL prospect, like a, a you know a high pick or anything you could right now be planning on him coming back like you know he could say oh that's that's cool i want to come back if, if not but then he could also blow up and have a thousand yard season and become a, a third round pick and um 
you know, it's just going to be impossible to plan your roster out moving forward. And, and that, I mean, that's the same for everyone in the country. That's the same for, and when I say everyone in the country, I mean not just in the sports world. Like, everyone, the, the biggest thing that the coronavirus has done is basically force everyone to be constantly uh, thinking on their toes and, and be willing to be flexible and adjust. So, um, yeah, I don't think anyone can really know how to prepare for this. But it is interesting. I remember, I think this was in Manny's pre- uh, training camp availability. Uh, you know, it was the first time I think we had talked to him since Navon Donaldson announced he was going to redshirt, and Manny got asked about it, and he mentioned, you know, we can play him four games and still keep the redshirt. As you know, he's rehabbing a knee injury right now, and he, right. then and then at the same time he was like, and you know, there's word that they might change, they might even expand that number of games. So right. I think. So, yeah, so I think Manny has been thinking that something like this was possible. Um, right. I'm sure a lot of coaches were thinking that something like this is possible. So I don't think it, you know, while it's huge news and kind of was a shocking tweet to see last night and the headlines to see last night, um, I think coaches knew something, maybe not exactly this was in the works, but something oh, yeah. like this was out there. Um, so that, he's been so planning. Long, who, yeah, could play whatever. Yeah, if he if he's ready to play by like the start of October, he could play eight games and you know or not eight games, I guess. I don't know how long the season is. Seven, six games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play seasons. That's the whole point. Yeah. You could have two seasons ahead of him. Yeah. To me, he's the biggest uh, beneficiary of this rule. I would say. On the on Miami's roster. I think it gives yeah. I think it gives Derek flexibility, right? Where like you know, if he gets hurt and doesn't get to play the full season or whatever, or if for whatever reason they don't play that much. Okay, yeah. I mean he has his degree already, but you know because of his whatever stature, some people think whatever. I I I think he could. You know, some people think you know he's an athlete and not a quarterback. Um, and if they don't really play many games. He might need to come back to disprove himself. Um, if they do and he does really well, well, heck, you know, he'll go pro. Um, I th- I'm trying yeah. to think. I, yeah. pro- I think if De'Ara, pe- people keep talking, I mean, I'm sure they're just talking themselves into it, like, oh, we could have Derek King for two years. But, like, if they yeah. play a full season, he's going to go. Like, by then, it's like, how much is his stock going to change? It's time for him to go yeah, pro. Yeah, I, I agree. Totally agree with you, by the like, way. Even if he, like, even if he's just okay this year, like, even if he's, like, Third team All ACC or something like, yeah. yeah I think the guys want to get, and I think uh, uh, the offensive line will benefit because yes. they're going to be that much better. Yeah, if, they, if they're they're young anyway, you know what I yep. mean. Actually, young. So, um, yeah. I, On my yeah. list of guys I put, I had a lot of seniors as like kind of guys I was thinking benefit from this, and then I also put down Zion Nelson. And I think you could say the same for Jakai Clark, where. Um, you know, those are two guys who obviously did not get to redshirt their true freshman years. They, you know, they played a lot and were probably not ready. And now with, uh, Garen Justice coming in, you know, we see they, they don't necessarily have like, you know, they might not be starters this year. Um, and you know, if they weren't going to be starters, was it maybe smarter to redshirt these guys? 
um, view them as five-year players who could be, then be really, really good in their fourth and fifth years here. Um, now you don't have to like worry about that juggling of like, ooh, we've already played Zion in three games. Do we ch- do we just keep playing him or do do we try to hold him? Now you just don't have to worry about any of that um, like roster manipulation stuff. Yeah, true. Um, and um, and uh, and not just it. It also benefit. It does obviously seniors. Yeah. Who it affects the most, but also the underclassmen. Yeah, the freshmen. That's, yeah, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff of like, remember like, you know, we always kind of do this as we're coming down the year, like, did they play Jeremiah Payton too much? Like, did they play him in four yeah, games? Right. You just don't have to worry yeah. about that kind of stuff. It's so true. And then, uh, like, you know, sophomores, juniors, whatever, they have a, they have an extra year. That's yep. all. If they want, and if they're, you know, if UM's going to pay for it, um, now UM behind the who knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. if they, try to convince kids, you yeah. know, you know, maybe it would be better if they didn't come back or whatever. I have no idea, but um, it's certainly beneficial for the players, that's for sure, and, and and in some ways for the coaches. Oh, I would say definitely for the coaches. Maybe it's not beneficial for uh, the, like for the, the administration, money. yeah, for like the, the accountants, um, right. but... I think the coaches, I mean, are obviously happy with this. I mean, they they hate that stuff where they have to, like... Yeah, I mean, think of Zach last year, like, when he couldn't play in the bowl game because he already played four games. Like, Miami had the ultimate example of it last year where there were a couple of guys who they were, like, had to keep on the bench. Um, you know, no offense to Ryan Ragone, who's now a scholarship player, but, like, you know, think of those times last year when, like, Pinkney went down for, like, three plays... And then you had to put in a walk-on um, because, you know, you didn't want to burn a game of Zach McLeod for, with three snaps. Like, there's just all that stuff that the coaches, I'm sure, hate having to think about um, that they just don't have to worry about this year. Yeah, agree. All right, anything, yeah. anything else on that topic before we wrap up? No, I think that's, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty big. They're gonna, I think we should wrap up. They're having another uh, scrimmage on Saturday night. Saturday, yep. um, and um, you know we'll see we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah, we're getting uh, dangerously close to the start of the season. <laughs> yep, we so. still don't even know if we're going to be at the game. So. I know, well, three week three weeks out from when we record this will be less than three weeks, I think, from when you guys listen to this. Right, that first game I think is supposed to be the tenth. Is that right? Maybe. Yes, that the is tenth. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday again. Night. So. Um, thanks as always for listening, everyone. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. As I said, she will have probably by the time you guys are listening to this story, this podcast, um, a story about the new NCAA eligibility, uh, I'll say proposal right now. Cause it's not officially rule. Um, there's a chance it's rule by the time you guys are listening to this and, and reading that. So she'll have a story yeah. on that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I'm bouncing all over the place these days with the heat and the playoffs. Um, Miami practice going on. Um, so be sure to follow. Just go to MiamiHerald.com and read all of our sports stuff. And, and listen to all of our podcasts here on the Herald uh, Sports Podcast feed. Because um, we've got lots of, lots of dolphins with uh, Adam Beasley and Armando Salguero. Obviously, the Greg Cody show. And then Anthony Chang and I do uh, heat once a week as they are in this playoff run. Um, So thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care, Dave.